Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, I receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Hello, it's that time of the week again. It's time to preview week three of the NFL season. I, once again, I'm your host, Sam Moores, and this is a full 10 yards NFL podcast. Joining me to break down each of the games you can watch on Sky Sports this week and pick what to look out for in the rest of the slate is a returning guest, Aaron Cordell. He's a journalism student at the University of Gotham. In fact, he's downstairs to me right now in, in, in this house. Welcome, Aaron, mate. Welcome back to the podcast. We had you on for the season preview podcast. Uh, it's not. It's nice to have you back back on again. And I mean, look, week three. It's, we've got some good games going on this week, haven't we? Yeah, good games. Good games. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. But yeah, there's a lot of big matchups in terms of some divisional matchups. There's some derby matchups, rivalry games, and looks like it's going to be a good week of NFL football. It is indeed. But before we start the week one preview, we must get into the recap of last night's Thursday night football game, where Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey starred in the 49ers' domination over the New York Giants. Uh, the Niners dominated the clock. They kept drives going. They converted 71% of third downs as well. They were, they were just so good. They didn't even ask Brock Paddy to do anything, and yet he still had 300 yards passing. You know, he had zero big-time throws coming into the game. He hasn't needed to take risks all uh, all season. He didn't even look great last night, but you know he's in the best team in the league. And these, I think the Niners are probably the best team in the league, right? Yeah, they're standing out like it at the moment, yeah. They don't, For sure, I don't man. see him slowing. I don't see him slowing down either. It, they last night they looked unreal. Yeah, for sure. Once Ronnie Bell uh, scored midway through the second, because um, it was close pretty much throughout the entirety of the first quarter and most of the second. But yeah, Ronnie Bell scored uh, midway through the second. The Giants' offense was struggling. They couldn't. They couldn't. Uh, yeah, the Niners took took, a, took it up a gear after after that point, um, and the Giants couldn't keep up. They just weren't. They were they were struggling. Obviously, you know they still struggle. They, they didn't score a single point in the first six quarters of football. You know, and obviously they came back to win against Arizona last week. But yeah, even without, even more so about Saquon Barkley as well, who who obviously is uh is out of an ankle sprain. This this Giants team really didn't look good last night. And uh, yeah, what what it, Daniel Jones especially, especially I think. The comeback against Arizona, I think everyone, it, not overreacted them in such, but everyone, they looked good in the comeback. I think everyone was quick to forget the six quarters without scoring. And I think, I think San Fran sort of exposed that a little. Look, the San Francisco defense absolutely killed the Giants all game, especially the D line versus the Giants O line. Daniel Jones was running for his life. I mean, it's, it, I know you're up against Nick Bosa. That near safety, I think edge the game in a different direction but I think it's just I don't know what's up with the Giants I mean Dave, we know Dayball runs a tight ship it's just it's not clicking I think Darren Wallace still not clicking there and I'm not putting all the blame on Daniel Jones but he has not looked up to it so far and I don't know if they'll regret paying him but it was clear to see the difference last night yeah I think they will I don't think he's worthy of that contract you know in my opinion I feel like they're, like they're going to start to regret it soon because as the season goes on, because he wasn't gr- that great last year. Like, yes, he tidied it up, but he was. It's not like he, you know, he's not. Brock Purdy had a better season number, new numbers wise than Daniel Jones did, right? And Brock Purdy played like half a season less. That, 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 you know, that's that's saying something. Um, he's not a great thrower of the football. I think you know, he still makes some dumb decisions, even you know, even with Dable trying to tie that up and everything. But for me, he needs to stop running more because that's what he's, he's good at. And there's another quarterback who I think is the same thing, which we'll talk about later. But he's really good at it. We saw, you know, we've seen it plenty of times. You know, if he can get into open space, he can get. Get your first down, get a first down. Um, you know, he can run for 80 yards. We've seen it, you know, in that Monday night game against the Eagles a couple of years ago. It's just, it's just you know, it's like before, he, before he slipped over. But um, I think just my, my, my main takeaway from this game is the Niners are going to be very hard to beat. The yeah. Giants will be lucky. Sorry, the Giants are lucky to be one and two at the moment. They're one of the worst teams in the league this season. We said we said in the podcast, in the predictions podcast, we both expect them to regress, right? But I didn't. I didn't expect them to regress this much. They they, they look a shadow of themselves defensively, and obviously without Saquon as well. You know, we'll see how long he's out for. But this team right now looks like one of the worst teams in the league. 
It's such a steep decline from where they were last year. I know they made playoffs last year. They were lucky was, to get playoffs last year, though, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I know it is. But you look at it on paper last year compared to this year and you're thinking, what has happened? I mean, they they've didn't got a better a roster, but they've got a very yeah. hard schedule. That's the only thing as well. They've like, got a very tough schedule, yes, granted. But they still don't look like beating teams at all. And it's going to it's gonna take some time, I think, to settle into it. They don't seem ready for the season. They got exposed last night, well and truly, on offence. And, I mean, we talked about Daniel Jones and, yes, he didn't look good, but no one on offence looked that good. I mean... We heard from their training camp all summer that Darren Waller is back. He's back to the old Darren Waller. He's ready to write up, light up the league again. I haven't seen any of that. So it's sort of, it's just, I think two takeaways from that game especially was the Giants are very bad, but also God of the 49 is good. They are very, yeah. very good. And it may just be that, you know, maybe they have turned the corner, but the Niners are so good that it's hard to play that way against Niners anyways. So we'll, 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 mm. see, we'll, see, uh, we'll see next week. On to Sunday now, and we'll start with the big game once guy at 6pm. It's the Chargers at the Vikings. The Vikings are one and a half point favourites. Uh, both teams 0-2. Don't think we expected that going into this year, and they're both looking to turn the seasons around. Whoever loses this really has a high improbability of making the playoffs, just because their own 3-teams never really make the playoffs. These teams' problems are they're not their quarterbacks. Clearly, for me, they're not their quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins is balling right now. He's trying to earn a new contract. and you know He's going to be afraid in this season. Whether he stays in Minnesota or not is another question. His talks he could get traded away to a team like the Jets, potentially, because uh, obviously he knows that system well. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think he's the issue at all. And Justin Herbert's clearly not the issue in, in, in L.A. He's supremely talented. And although I believe he can come unstuck in big moments, as we've seen the last two games in the fourth quarter, he is the least of the Chargers' problems right now. And that's true. You know, Brandon Staley is at seriously threat of not even completing the season at this point because, you know, I spoke with Liam about this mon- on Monday. He he is seriously, seriously on the hot seat. If he, if he starts 0-3, I can see him seriously. being gone in four or five games. Like, ge- mm-hmm. like, genuinely, because this team is so talented and yet you're a defensive coach and your defense cannot play defense. <laughs> and, you know... Uh, you know, the, you know, we saw last week that the the, off, the offense forces for the Chargers are not the same about Eckler. Mm-hmm. Like, like Christian McCaffrey, he is a running back that's very difficult to replace, and you know those are very hard to find, by the way, as well, because a lot of running backs in this league are, are chop and change. But take Eckler out of that Chargers team, and it, it, you know the offense is a shadow of itself. They couldn't really run the ball when you know they won the, run the ball for over two hundred and thirty three yards a week before, and when Eckler did play. So um, I think that just says it all. But you know. Yeah, it, it, I I just, just you know keeping with the charges first. What what do you think the issue is? Because it's not looking pretty. And they 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 have to win on Sunday, don't they? I think your claims of uh, the hot seat is true, and I think it will come into fruition. I think uh, it's something's not right and something's not clicking, but you can't really quite place where it is, and that normally means coaching. Because if you look mm. at Herbert's numbers, he, he's he's had a good positive start to the year. Like he's really not been that bad, but he seems to be a bit of a scapegoat for the current situation. Yeah, and like he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of stick, isn't he? Like, I mean, I've given mm. him a stick a lot for for the moments, right? But even I think, now, I'm hearing that everybody's picking up my take that I've had yeah. for a while now. And it, when, when everyone's noticing the same thing, maybe it is taken away from Stadia a bit. But honest, honestly, I like that. That's the thing. Like I. I want to see a better coach Justin Herbert. Like, if you're Sean Payton now, mm. you're looking at it like, what? Oh, what a bad yeah. decision I made to go to to go to mm. Denver. By the way, because not only have you cost this that Denver team a first round pick, also if you just waited a year, you could go and go and coach Justin Herbert. Like, that like, is what his if... dream. Yeah, that would be his dream. It's he must be looking back now, thinking, what have I done? But we'll get on. We'll get on to Denver later. I've got some. I've got some comments on that. But I don't. I think. The thing with the Chargers is, if they don't change their coaching staff, I don't see it changing. I know Eckler's out. I, I don't know how long he'll be out for remainder. But even when, even with him, they looked a bit one-dimensional. And it, it, there is no sign of it being fixed, apart from if you make a change at the, at the coaching staff. And I don't know. I think both teams have their problems. I think that's no secret. And I think the dreaded 0-3 start will be hanging over their heads and it will make it a very entertaining game. For sure, but but I think I don't. I, it's a tough one to pick, you know. It really is a tough one to pick. If you look at their points per game, Chargers have twenty nine, whilst Minnesota have twenty two and a half. But I don't think that's representative of the two teams at all. If you watch the general play, I think uh, even like if you look at the Chargers defense, that is a big sign that I mean you got you got great assets everywhere, and it's not playing that well, and it's 
it's all a bit like it's all adding up. But I mean, onto the Vikings, is their running? Is that is their rushing attempts and rushing yards that are the downfall of this Vikings side? I mean, they did just acquire Cam Akers, which is huge. I don't know how many or if any snaps he plays on the weekend. I'm not sure how if he does at all. But they have 34 rushing yards a game. They're averaging so far this season. Mm. That, that is. That's mental. <laughs> I mean, look, we we know Kirk Cousins has been balling out, and as you said, it's on a contract year. It's been expected. He's throwing at a seventy-two percent completion rate. He's he's shown signs of being well so far this season, an elite quarterback. But it's just if you're Chargers defense, I think you're quietly a bit happy going into this one because you know the rushing is not going to be there, so you can just focus on locking down Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but they can't they can't stop receivers. So, so that's, that's... if you're if you're the if you're the Vi- if you're the Vikings, right? You're looking at the Chargers' numbers on defense. You're looking at 32nd in yards allowed per game, 30th in points per game. Yeah, the the 31st ranked defense in PFF's grading uh, team wise right now. You know, and they're just they're still letting up big plays in third and long, and that's Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. range. You know, I I just yeah, it really, really, is. And, it really and, is. And, and you know, and also right. The Vikings have got a three-prone attack now because they've got TJ Hawkinson, who's really established himself as one of the league's top tight ends, and is you know almost a year in Minnesota now, um, in kind of in Kevin O'Connell's scheme. Jordan Allison has started really well as well. He's had two TDs. He's averaging 19 yards per catch as well. I had him as my offensive rookie of the yeah. year. Um, you know, one of my one of my picks for that, um, in the guide. And I, I honestly, I, I can't not pick Minnesota in this game because. I just don't trust the charges at no. all. I can't. I have it. So I have it as a close one between like I have Vikings just edging out, and I think it will be down to Justin Jefferson. I mean, big players make big plays, and then big plays win you games. And I think it will come down to. I'm really sad I don't own him in fantasy, but I think it will come down to Justin Jefferson earning a lot of fantasy. <laughs> he can sort of taking the game by its horns. I think. I'm in five leagues, and I think I've got Jefferson in two of them, so I don't mind that. I don't mind Lucky that at man. all. Lucky man. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, and that's that's the thing, really. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a shootout because both these offenses are high scoring. Eckler not being there is a is a big loss of the Chargers, but the Vikings are also missing you know a few players as well because their left tackle Christian Darasaw who missed last week he's questionable as are Garrett Bradbury and then on the defense side of the ball they're missing Jordan Hicks and Marcus Marcus Dav- Davenport too who are two of their key players on defense and um, the middle linebacker and starting starting edge rusher so it's you know but even with those pieces missing I still believe you know I ended up looking at it I'm like who do I trust more of a game on the line? And it's Kirk Cousins over Justin Herbert. Completely, and, yes. You know, especially completely. against against Brandon Staley's defence. So I'm going to go for the Vikings. They're favoured by, what is it, one and a half. I'm going to bat the over as well. I think they're going to bat over, well, over two points. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I can... Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, is. this is going to be a start of a very good season for him, I think. I, ca- I called it early on and I'm backing that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to... I think he could continue to be that player throughout the season. He hasn't shown any signs shutting down, and he's seventy-two percent completion rate so far this season. That is, we, well, we, we've seen it before from him, but not at a consistent level. And if he can get that down, I think he's looking at big money this off-season. The only thing that's undone uh, the Chargers, sorry, the Vikings this this season has been turnovers. They've had a few turnovers in each mm. game. They had a couple in the first, especially in the first half, and against. Uh, the Eagles and then a couple against against the uh, the Bucks as well. So I just I, I again I, I I just if you're a Chargers fan I'm sorry but until some, until something changes or I see it I can't pick I can't pick you in these these you know you know this is a good offense. I can't pick I can't I can't pick you, you know. You let Ryan Tannehill drop a dick go on you. If you're letting the statue that is Ryan Tannehill step up into the pocket and drop a deep ball on you, that is a really bad thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I just, yeah. So, I think we're both going for the Vikings in this one, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I think close shootout, but I think it will be the Vikings that take it. Right on to the rest of the six pm games, which we'll riddle through now. Look at a few talking points. We'll start with the first one. It is the Colts heading to Baltimore. The Ravens are eight and a half point favorites. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to get an Anthony Richardson versus Lamar Jackson matchup this year because. Richardson is out of a concussion with a concussion suffered against Houston last week. 
So that means Gardner Mitchell will get the start. He's one of the best backups in the league, but this task won't be easy because he looks like he could be without Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson in the middle of the in the offensive line. So that's that's your two best off mid offensive linemen missing. So I I, I I I yeah, Baltimore they should win this one. They looked really good last week as well, missing multiple starters, especially on the defense, and they shut down uh, Cincinnati's offense. You know, off, Cincinnati is shut down for the second week in a row. Uh, they shut them down on on, on defense, missing Mar- Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams. Uh, it's Lamar Jackson, one of his best games since his MP- MVP season last week. He was so good. He made up for the Houston game where he was rubbish. Um, and look, I mean, injuries will wear down Baltimore at some point. You know, Humphrey and Williams are still injured. They're not going to play today. OBJ is like yeah, luckily out of an angle too, but right now they're rolling and I can't pick against them, so I'm gonna go for the I'm gonna go for the Ravens and I'm gonna go over eight and a half points as well. That's completely fair. I'm also gonna take the Ravens, but I think it's gonna be closer than it seems because Gardner Minshew led this uh Colts team since the second quarter after Anthony Richardson ran the show. Yes, he racked up 14 points and looked very good. Gardner Minshew led it and he led it comfortably. He threw for 171 yards and threw a touchdown with a 76% completion rate. And I think I'm not big on Minshew mania, not gonna lie, but I think he will spot the feed. I, I love him. I love him off the field. On the field, I wouldn't trust him as my quarterback, but um, I think it'll be closer. I mean, this new Ravens pass offense, as they're calling it. It does look like it's working, and it does look good. And especially Zay Flowers, he's impressed me. He looks very, very good. But I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be a Baltimore win. I think that's pretty much set in stone, barring something huge from the Colts. It's gonna be a Baltimore win. But I think it's gonna be closer than the over eight and a half. I think. I think it'll be reasonably close, and I think it will be a good game to watch. Yeah, for sure. I can't. I can't wait. Wait to watch this one on Monday morning for sure. Uh, on to Cleveland now, where they welcome the Tennessee Titans. The, the Browns are three and a half point favourites without Nick Chubb. Uh, but don't expect their dominant ground game to completely fall away because they have multiple players who can run the ball, especially Kareem Hunt. They've just signed, uh, you know, re- reunited with after Chubb went down uh, for the year. This game is going to be very close, I think. It's a low-scoring, run-heavy game with the two, with the way both teams are set up. Very good on defence, two great... Well, they had... Derek Kay's got a great running back and a great run game from Cleveland's point of view. Uh, and it will come down to probably the final play of the game, as have all Tennessee games this season so far. Um, the Cleveland defence has been so good this year. They've, they're the second least yards allowed, only 15 first downs too. Uh, but also, so has the Tennessee defense, and, and I'm gonna pick Tennessee to win just because I feel like they have the better running back, Derek Henry, obviously, and better coaching, and that may be the difference because Mike Vrabel was coached two wins out, as well, not one win last week, and he almost coached a win in New Orleans that the Titans should have won. Is you know, but the only problem is Tannehill yeah. three three interceptions in that game. Um, but the Titans have been a, a nice surprise this year. They, they're a very well coached team. Um, I honestly won't be surprised to see him, you know, have a wild card spot at the end of the season. Just you know, just whether they can pick up the wins or not. If they can pick up a win here against a team that they're fighting for the wild card spot, um, that'll be absolutely mega. And I'm going to go for Tennessee, but I think it will be under three and a half points. Yeah, no, that's completely reasonable. I think look, Deshaun's form is a problem. Deshaun Watson, we we know this, and he did not yeah. look impressive on Monday Night Football. He did not look good. The rushing, the rushing for the Browns. They're the league leaders in rushing yards with 202 yards per game rushing. And I think that run game is going to take a big blow. A lot of it's Nick Deshaun, Chubb. though. Yeah, a lot of it's Deshaun. Uh... But it's going to take a big hit without Nick Sharp as well. We can, we got, mm. we got to notice that. Kareem Hunt, good pickup. We know how he, we know how what he can do, especially in the Browns uniform. We know. I th- would say, <laughs> I think Tennessee will struggle against the Browns defense, who have been excellent this season. I mean, Tannehill's only thrown one touchdown among three picks. And the main target in DeAndre Hopkinson, but Hopkinson only, has only played like he's only got 150, 105 yards this season. He's played limited yeah, yardage. Oh, I mean, look, he's he's been hurt as well. Like so, so mm. even you know, so you've literally you've you've got trade on books and the guy who Charlie always mentions, Nick Westbrookine, who is always there. Mm. He just pop, he just pops always. up and makes a play. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, if you if you're about D Hop, then that's that's really bad for sure. So. Uh, I think Cleveland make a meal out of it without Nick Chubb. I think they struggle, especially in the first half. But I do have them taking this game. I think it'll be tight, like you said. I think it'll be shootout. But I have them winning, especially because of this Browns defense, who have been excellent to start this season. So 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 good. Shows mm. what uh, when you change coordinator, how 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 good your defense can be. You know they, they've already had, they've always had the talent, and it's nice mm. to see them finally uh, you know make a make a play on that. 
on to Detroit now, who host the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this game, I can't wait to watch. The, the Lions are favoured by 3.5. Um, and, you know, it's two teams, again, that love to run the ball. And also two teams that have spent a lot on their defence in free agency. So it'll be, good, uh, it'll be a good test to see where both teams are at. Detroit could be about two key components of this running game, though, because uh, David Montgomery and Hal Vitae have not practised this week. Um, the, the Falcons' defence played very well these past few weeks, especially against Green Bay last last week, uh, whereas Detroit is starting to look at you know look very similar to how it was before. Obviously, there's two... They had a shootout in... Uh, they had the great game in Kansas City, but the shootout last week in Seattle uh, was, uh, was, was something. Well, against Seattle was something. Uh, and the defence did ultimately let, well, let loose of Tyler Lockett a lot last week. Mm. Um, I love both these teams. I can see them beating the game in the wildcard round as well, so I think both will be playoff teams. Uh, but I'm going to pick the Falcons as the Lions are super banged up and um, they've got so many injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And honestly, I love a bit of B. John Robinson. He's going to have a day. Uh, Arthur Smith is such a good offensive player caller. We saw it last week. Um, the, the, you know, they control the clock as well. And yeah, and, and ultimately, yeah, if I think, you know, whoever, ha- whoever has a, the most amount of possession, you know, time-wise in this game wins. And... History tells us it will be Atlanta, so I'm going for Atlanta. Oh, so this game looks amazing. These two teams have been on fire. Look, they've both been great to watch. You know, Lions coming off that overtime loss to Seattle, they'll want to bounce back in style. And Falcons sitting pretty at two and after a tight win over Green Bay, in which they deserve to win. And they've been they've really impressed me. I think. Look, as you said, rushing will be a huge factor in this game, and so will injuries. But I think it does come down to defense with this game. I think it's whoever can hold up the most and. On paper, if I've got to pick one with injuries included, I'm going to back the Falcons, and I think they'll win this. I think it'll come down to the wire again, like all of the Lions and Falcons games, it seems, this <laughs> year. And I think it'll carry on. I think they're two good teams. They're two potential teams that will make it playoffs. Sorry, potential playoff teams, as you said. But I think, yes, the Falcons just edge it on defence. There's another side narrative about Jeff Okuda making his Falcons debut this weekend that I really love. I just want to see how he gets on. Because yeah. I was hot on him. When he got drafted, I was really hot on him, and so. Been a bit of a disappointment, but I just—it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be not anything that happens in this game because the defenses are stacked and the run the rush game and running rushing the rushing game is also really good. Like you said, Bijan, when is he not entertaining? This is going to be a great game, and I have the Falcons just edging it. Yeah, on to the Packers, who host New Orleans Saints. The Packers are one and a half point favorites, but the Saints. Have not looked pretty this year, but they are sitting pretty at 2-0. And they're looking well coached too, which is great for Dennis Allen because he was one of the favourites to be fired before the season. Um, it is their final game without Alvin Kamara too, but they will, but they will be missing Jamal Williams. They're, they're starting running back uh, to a hamstring injury. So uh, look for Kendry Miller, Rashid Shaheed, who's a sort of hybrid receiver, runner, runner up um, player who's so fun to watch, and Tony Jones to get in to get an increase in touches. Um and if anything, actually, it might be, it might be some, you know, might f- actually find your number two running back behind Kamara from this game because Williams hasn't been great. He's averaging about two and a half yards per carry, and Taysom Hill currently leads the team in rushing, so <laughs> that, that that might say something. Um, but no, this is the first big defensive test for Jordan Love and the Packers. Uh, they could be about Aaron Jones, Battiari, and Watson again. They're all questionable. It's an uphill battle if they're out. But the defense, the Saints' defense, are playing so well. Derek Carr's playing well too. He's playing better than he did in Vegas last year. Um, you know, Chris Olave is by far the number one receiver now. Michael Thomas is is you know he looks healthy, which is good. But you know he, him, you know Shahid and and and, uh, and Olave again, just as many if not more targets. Um, but uh, the Saints, the the offensive line for the Saints is what worries me, which is why I don't really mention their offense because. Dalton got killed last year. Carr's getting killed this year. But I'm still picking New Orleans. It's a slightly better roster and the Packers are banged up. And I think Jordan Love will probably... I think he'll throw his first interception in this game for sure. And uh, Which I'm, I'm sure Ollie Darcy would not like. He's and, not uh, going to be happy. <laughs> when, when we're sat with him on Sunday watching it, he might. we'll see how, we'll see how that fares. But um, you know, I, I, I'm picking the Saints here. I, honestly, and I, I, when I, was, I did a lot on this team. I did the guide for them. I did not have the Saints going 3-0. But they've 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 really impressed me with the way they've won they've won games. They're not they're not by far so they're not, they look that pretty, but they're, they're sitting pretty at two and and I think it will be it'll be three and because uh, I I defense and 
Look, if, if Green Bay, we saw it last week, if Green Bay are missing those players again, they're not the same team. Especially Aaron Jones, because A.J. Dillon struggled to run the ball last week, and, and Derek Batsiari, obviously, he's one of the best offensive tackles in the league. Huge, uh, so yeah. so if, if, if he goes, and you know, going up against Cam Jordan, then uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think this game comes down to two key matchups, and I think it'll be Chris Olave lining up against Jair Alexander. I think that'll be the matchup. I think Whoever gets the better out of that matchup will be huge for the game, and especially the New Orleans offensive line versus the Green Bay defensive line. I think, mm. I think Derek Carr might be running for his life most of the game, but um, <laughs> I think he's going to be under pressure all night. I think that's no secret. It's no secret. New Orleans' offensive line is awful. It's not. It's not been good for years. Saints are two and zero for the first time since twenty thirteen. I haven't fallen into two and one. I think right. the defensive pre- I think the defensive pressure from Green Bay is going to be too much. I don't think they get much going on offense. If I'm being honest, and I think it'll be close. I think Jordan Jordan loves current league leader in touchdowns, and I don't think it will carry on. But um, right. that that well, right no, there, he's just... not being asked to do anything. He's just you know, no. he, he, if you look at his big time throws compared to his TDs, he's only have two big time throws. You know, mm. that's the same amount as like Kenny Pickett, and you know, he's he's not he's not he's not. He's not He's not done anything spectacular. I just it, it doesn't wow me. He's just you know he's just a yeah. West Coast system QB, and unless I'm show, showed otherwise, then I I, I you know it, it'll, it's successful. It'll win games, but going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love is a a big decline oh, in my opinion. It's a decline. I say I've got it in my notes that Jordan Love looks all right. That's as far <laughs> as I'm going. Yeah, right. He right. looks all right. Look... It's like mm. nothing's wowed me. Nothing to maybe go. Oh no, it's sort of he looks all right, but yeah, I think. The defensive pressure from Green Bay will be too much. And I think Green Bay take this one. Not comfortably, not closely. I think it'll be a bit of an like there's it will be like you've won, but like you haven't looked good. Mm. Yeah, fair play. Fair play. Right. On to another divisional matchup. Uh we've seen so many of them this season, it feels like already it's it's, it's good to start your uh Yes, it's got to start the season with loads of divisional matchups because you get to find out really where who, what these teams are. Because if they if they lose a they lose a game in division, then that that you know they're up against it. Um, it's good news for Houston as CJ Stroud looks set to start versus the Jags, who are eight and a half point favorites in Jacksonville. Uh, Stroud was nursing a, short, a sore shoulder. I'm disappointed by the Texans. I I was really hard on them. I had them getting about eight wins. I was, you know, they they they've built in all the positions. They just need Star just needs a receiver. But they've been hurt by the offensive line injury wise. Uh, you know, they've they've been poor off- offensively. But Star has been the best offensive player. He's been re- I've really been impressed by what he's showed me. But it's hardly surprising when he's playing with a backup offensive line in front of him. He's missing Laramie Tunsil. He's missing Titus Howard. He's missing Kenyon Green. That's three first round pick offensive linemen who are all injured. Uh, and and that that's that's not great at all for a, a rookie quarterback. So I can't really judge them for that. The defense is what disappoints me about Houston, though, because um, you know, with all the young defensive talent they have, I mean, Will Anderson's made plays. Derek Stenny hasn't hasn't though. He still hasn't kicked on. Um, you know, the defense. I just you know I thought it'd be better than this, and you know we'll we'll see how how they grow grow throughout the season. Season obviously it's a new defensive scheme. Last year they were good in defense, but it's, it's a different scheme. So we'll see how they how they elevate into the new the new scheme with Demico Ryan's obviously, but um. No, the Jags' offense on the other hand has been cooking. Even with the you know with the lack of a touchdown against the Chiefs, there is still you know Trevor Lawrence is still playing like one of the best quarterbacks in football. He's airing it out. We had eight big time throws. He's tied of two at the top of the league for that. Um, and I, I, the Jags' defense has been the starter there as well. And going up against a backup Texans' offensive line, I can't pick anyone but Jacksonville. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for the over as well, over and eight and a half points. Um, but you know, I'm 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 very surprised by this Jags team, and I honestly can see them getting 13, 14 wins with with the way their schedule uh, looks. <laughs> to be honest, even uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence could be a sharp for MVP. You mentioned two, which we'll go on later. But Lawrence Lawrence is if if the Chiefs you know season carries on as it is, Lawrence will be up there. I I I'd put it up there. So I had Trevor Lawrence as my MVP. I had a little hot take MVP candidate and I said him from the start of the season and I'm very happy that he's turned up. Look, I think this Jacksonville team are on that little cusp of being elite and these divisional matchups are those little games you need to win. Yeah, because they've lost them in the past. That's the thing. They need to win them. I mean, everyone expects them to win a division. Everyone, like, I don't think anyone's arguing with that, but these, these, these little games are the ones that when you look at the record at the end of the season and you lost... They're the ones that stop you from being elite. And I think Trevor Lawrence has been he's been really good this year. And as you said about the Jacksonville defence against that weak Texan solo line, 
I don't see anything now. I'd also take the over. I think it might be a little bit. I think going into half time, I think like if you're watching it, you're like, ah, oh, switch games. This one's done with. I think it'll be a bit of a whitewash, but I just I wanted Houston to be better. I really do want Houston to be better, and it's just it's going to take a little time to settle in. And as you said, they need players to kick on. It's time for it's time for them to kick on, and it's it's not the most ideal situation for CJ Stroud, but he's 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 held his own. Mostly, and that's mm. what's impressed me. It's sort of eerily similar to Joe Burrow's first season when he doesn't have an offensive line either. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully well, he, he will doesn't. get he, he will get his offensive line back. So at the end of the season, this better Texans be a lot better than they are now. It's just mm. they've been they've been hurt by by injuries. You know, when you're missing the best, you know, the highest paid tackle as well in Larry Tunsil, when you're yeah. missing your right tackle, when you're missing your guard that you drafted in the first round last year, then it's like crap. That that's really bad. That's really bad luck. I think if Houston somehow win this, somehow pull it off, it changes the season for both teams. I think both teams are looking at completely different narratives for the rest of the season. So it's a fun game to watch because it's the NFL and anything can happen. But I'm expecting Jags to win and I'm expecting it to be Breeze. Yeah, there we go. Right, on to Denver, who travelled to Miami this week. The Dolphins are six and a half point favourites. Miami are the talk of football. The best AFC team this season. And it seems like they have an answer for everything a defense throws at them, which they didn't last year. Tua is playing the best football of his life. He's a bookie's favorite for MVP too. But this may be their toughest test because it looks like they could be without Jalen Waddle. He did practice today, but he's still in concussion protocol. And But they're going against Denver, who are a bit of a mess because they have two top veteran player callers in Sean Payton, obviously, and Vance Joseph. But they don't look well coached at all. They lost the past two games situationally, especially the one in Washington last week. And I just don't expect that from Sean Payton. I, I don't. I don't. You know, yes, their team's very injured, right? But I just, I'm, I'm surprised what's going on. Their the defense is what let them down last week. Um, but the offensive line just collapsed halfway through. They had a good half, and then, and then they just allowed the Washington defense on, which yes, is really good. Uh, but they just allowed them. But they Denver spent a lot of money on the offensive line, and they just allowed them to come at them. Um, and yeah, like I said, that really hurt their, their their offensive play in the second half, where where Russ was pretty much absent until the final drive. Obviously, uh, the Hail Mary was 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 amazing, but but you know they, they didn't convert, convert a two point conversion. You know, Denver could easily be two and zero right now. They really could be, but they're sat at own two, and you know they're going to get up against probably one of the best teams in the league. And this one, this game is so fascinating for me. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big game and it's going to be a great watch. I mean, the Dolphins are cooking. Like, two road victories to start the season. And you look at the likes of Tua, who looks... I'm I'm so happy Tua's been talked about and not referring to his head nowadays. It's so refreshing mm. to have something like actual like praise for his game for once. I mean, a lot of people are down on Denver at the moment. And fair enough, they are 0-2. And as you said, they could be 2-0. But the talent is there, undoubtedly. And the coaching, especially Sean Payton, we know it's elite. I don't it's think not been elite. We don't know what's it's going not been on. Elite. And that's why I don't think they're going to be down for the remainder of the season. And if this is, if this is the game where it clicks, they turn it around, they start making them plays that they have missed out on to go on and do, and they start asking the big questions and stuff like that, it could get tight. And I mean, it's going to be a good matchup, all in all. I think positionally as well. I think positionally Miami take most of the matchups. But Sean Payton is one hell of a play caller. And if he can find a way to break down this Miami defence, I think they could take it. But I'm I'm taking Miami with the win. Yeah. Well, Sean Payton versus Vic Fangio, that's that's one that's one matchup mm. that you, you, you're yeah. looking for in this game. Um I again I also am expecting a lot more out of Denver because again, they're they're looking at that and they're thinking, We've lost two games we should have won. There aren't many more easy games on the schedule left. You know, we've got to play, you know, the Chiefs twice, we've got to play the Chargers, the Raiders again, who you lost to. You know, as well as, well as the rest of the AFC East teams, who, again, well, the Jets less so, but there's still a Patriots in there, there's still obviously Buffalo, you know, and this has got to be a game they've got to bounce back in because otherwise the season's lost. And, you know, we talked about it, Russ Wilson could, was still, that's looking at one of the worst trades of all time. Uh, admittedly, yes, Russ doesn't look the problem right now because he's, he's been solid, but I'm looking for. I think I'm looking for a, a resurgent Broncos performance. I think it'll be. I think Russ will be a bit better than solid. Um, I'm going to go for the under, but I just can't pick against the Dolphins to win this game. Yeah, completely. Yeah, for sure. 
On to an, another divisional matchup. This one staying in the AFC East as the Patriots travels to the Jets. The Patriots are two and a half favorite point favorites on the road, despite losing their first two home games. Uh, and this one has lost its shine a little bit without Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but it will still be one of the best games of this week because of the talent on the defense side of the football between the Patriots and the Jets. Uh, it's a battle between two under pressure 2021 first round picks to a quarterback. Mac Jones has looked okay, especially if who he has to throw to, but he just can't. He just doesn't look, you know, great in an, a very competitive AFC. Zach Wilson, on the other hand, he looked lost last week against Dallas. And Bill Belichick has done that to him, you know, made times of 4-2. Um, so I'm picking New England. But this is going to be one... I'm going to go for the over as well, but it's going to be one hell of a game because there's two great defences. Defenses. It's going to be low scoring. Um, but, you know, I I think this this one will be turnover heavy and uh, it will be... It'll be a, a nine six or something like that, <laughs> but it, again, it will be one of the best games of the week because you've got, you know, you know, probably the best you know young defense in football, and then Bill Belichick and the the oldest defense, you know, the, you know the noise, the one that everyone wanted to beat for years and years and years, and um, you know, coaching wise and. And you know, Belichick really has to start winning games because otherwise, oh, yeah. what happens? What happens after? You know, I just think against the Jets, you got you very young quarterback against Zach Wilson who looked lost last week. I just it's just Belichick territory. This is the game that he wins, and I can't again. I can't, I'm going to go for the Patriots the over as well. I just can't pick against the Patriots because they've looked good the first two weeks. I'm lucky they've played Miami and and Philadelphia, obviously two teams who who are you know very high on on power rankings and you know the Super Bowl team from last year and team that people think get to Super Bowl this year in Miami. Um, they they they're hanging tough. They they could they could again they could be two and zero, but they, they've had a few plays go you know go against their way and yes you know i'd probably say they they played better in philly than they did against miami uh sorry against philly and they did you know against miami but now i i honestly if if the Patriots lose this game then you're worried because this is what this is what this is bill belichick's bread and butter isn't it Oh, completely, 100%. And I'm looking at the Patriots, seeing it 0-2, and they have not been playing like an 0-2 team at all. They, they've impressed me, because I, I was low on them coming into the season. Um, I mean, there was reports of Belichick potentially being in a hot seat. I'm not sure how serious that is. I think even if they are terrible, I think he lasts till the end of the year. I don't think he gets... With his with his whole tenure, I don't think they're doing the disrespect of letting him go mid-season. <laughs> but it is true that these defences are the real deal and it's going to be an entertaining game. And as you said, I think you'll be turnover heavy. I think it'll be one of them weird games where, like last week, where we saw four fumbles in consecutive drives or something like that. I'm not saying it'll be like that. But this, I just, I'm taking New England because I don't trust Zach Wilson in this role. As you said, he looks, <laughs> he looks lost. And I get it, it's against the Dallas defence, which is stacked. But... My God, did he look lost? He did not look like doing anything, and it will yeah. come down to one or two big plays, I think. And whether that be on offense or defense, I think it'll be a fun. It'll be a fun watch. It'll be divisional, so it'll be an important watch. But I have New England winning it, and I think I agree with you in a low-scoring game. I'm not sure I'd take the. What is the over? It's uh, it's two and a half. New England are favourites by two and a half. I'll go for the, I I the over. Yeah, I'll take the over. I thought it was like uh, if it was like. If it was a touchdown in it, I don't think I'd take the over. But with it being a field goal, I'd take the over. I'm taking New England. There we are. On to the final game in the 6pm window. This one also staying in the AFC East. It's the Bills travelling to Washington. And somehow, Washington are 2-0. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the year, eh? And while Sam Howell hasn't looked great at quarterback, their defence is a problem. The D-line got all over Russell Wilson in the second half last week. And, and also, the Denver receivers could not get open whatsoever either. Um, and they, they got a, a lot this week. They got a lot bigger of an offensive problem though, because they got Josh, Josh Allen who cooked last week. He bounced back from his poor performance against the Jets. But they've also got James Cook who was a star last week. And if he can carry on from what he did last week, the Bills win this game because this is the kind of game that they they'd lose because they've been lacking a run game. They, you know, they, all the shootouts the Bills have played in is because they've not had a run game. They're a really talented team, but they've not had a run game. I'm going to go for the Bills. I'm going to go over six and a half points based on what I saw last week. But also because I don't think Washington can score against them because their defense is also really good. Um, but, you know, fair play to Washington. Washington, you're 2-0. And, you know, while Sam Howell probably isn't the answer, Ron Rivera might be saving his job with this coaching job. So, 
Mm. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see how that develops over the season. But the Buffalo are one of the best teams in the league. They're, and you know, there's a reason why because they're so talented and yeah, that you see you see on their inactives, you see you know star players missing out on their inactives every week, and that that's a sign that you've got a good roster. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for the Bills. Exactly what you said. I mean, Washington sitting at two and zero. I mean, don't think anyone would have that. Sam Howell, there's question marks over him. But bad news, Washington. Josh Allen looks like he's back to his best after that bounce back after week one. Look, he had 83% pass completion, three, three touchdowns. He looked, he was controlling that game completely. They didn't even ask him to do much, though. That's the no. thing. Like, like they, they, his average, his average depth of target is quite low in this game because he was just you know, hitting the Raiders over the middle, dink and dunk. And the right, I mean, yes, the Raiders defense is really bad, right? But we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how it goes in this game because obviously the, 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 Commander's defense is way better than Raiders one, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, let's just say that was a blip because if not, then then well, the, the AFC East battle gets really interesting. Obviously, it does. Uh, yeah. But you know, he, 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 Alan's always been a player as well, where it's like he'll make five good plays in the game, but you might see five bad bad plays too, and it's just it's just the balance of sometimes have a real unreal, and then sometimes he'll have a, a game like the Jets. Um, but uh, yeah, I so said he, he looked good last week. Um, but yeah, if, yeah, for me, it's it's I, I'm interested in seeing how they can you know, go on the ground game because if they can take pressure off Allen as well, then that's a great sign. So as you said, with Josh Allen, the good comes very much with the bad, and if the bad turns into turnovers against this Washington defense, which I've shown they can hang with the best, it could get interesting. But I think uh, this Bills team, as you said, are incredibly talented, and uh, they 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 know what they're doing. They've been a group. They've had their, their key assets have been together for many years. They know what yes. they're doing. They're a group who knows what it takes to win. And I think this is one of them ones where they just pick up confidently and move on to the next one. I have them. I'll take the over as well. I'd, well done, Washington. I think you win streak ends here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play. Right, on to the nine window. There's only three games in, in the nine window, which is interesting. I was, I, I, mm. That's just a bit, a bit of a weird one, but uh, well, <laughs> it means that most of people, most people have their eyes on the uh, the Bears heading into Kansas City. The Chiefs twelve and a half point favourites, which is a massive margin. But with the way the Bears have been this year, you can sort of see that the two teams who have come out of the blocks probably slower than it than expected, especially the Chiefs. You know, and, and even with the Bears, expectations weren't high. But they've been a total mess these past two games. <laughs> Let's be real. Oh, completely, completely. It looks ugly for the Bears. I mean, they went three and fourteen last year, and they have a real chance of going zero and three to start off this year. I mean, both of their games so far this year have been double digit losses, and coming out last game, Fields calling out his coaching staff because <laughs> his play is too robotic. It is, it's, it's like a reality show gone wrong. It's awful. I mean, Alan Williams resigning as DC as well. It, nothing seems to be going right for him. And I think the Chiefs are licking their lips at this matchup, especially looking at the Bears. I, I I was looking at the Bears. I was like, they, how are they this bad? And I noticed their interior, interior line is is awful, and they're lining it up against Chris Jones this weekend. And I know Justin Fields is renowned for being good with his legs. Don't think he's that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's been yeah, like I say, it's been a, it's been an interesting week in, in Chicago, obviously. Was calling out coaching. Then hours later, Adam Williams, the the DC resign, has also been taught there was an FBI raid at his house, so it could be something completely unrelated. But yeah, that's just 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 a weird week for Chicago, and it's just that like, despite spending money at linebacker, right? His unit, the Williams's unit, was a disgrace in week one. They got torn apart by Grid Bay in all phases. And then the same thing by Tampa Bay. Really, it was close, but they. Just, I mean, the offense is what let them down against Tampa Bay because they they probably should have won that game. But I don't think Justin Fields is the problem at all. I'm higher. I'm higher on him than most people. You know, I'm. But apart from a few, he's been quite good. You know, yeah, average to say. But it, it, yeah, but it's not 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 bad by any means. And then there was a few decisions at the end of last week that were bad. Um, but I don't think he's the issue. He's just like I said, he's not got an offensive line. Uh, they they brought in Andrew Wiley from the Chiefs off his tackle over the off season. He's got injured already. Uh, well, well, Donnell Wright, their 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 tackles played well. That just it's like makes a match the rest of the offensive line, and and that's not good. So, um, it's like he's he's found DJ Moore as well a few times. He's had a few big plays, but he's he's not DJ Moore. You know, having DJ Moore has not helped him take the next step as a pass what he thought he would do this season, and and that is an issue I think because. 
he's not where I want him to be as a passer, but he is outstanding with his legs, and he's not running. I need I wanted to see him run more because you know he has he's had you know I think he's had eight scrambles, and there's not been many design runs in there either. You know, and that that's you know someone more than Justin. Field should be running like ten times a game, let alone ten times a season so far in the first two games. Like, um, I yeah, I just I want to see him, you know, get out of the pocket more. I want to see him, you know, use his legs because, you know, it, <laughs> Chicago probably would have been even worse last year if they hadn't had had that sort of breakthrough with rushing the football at the end of last year. It created the fight we had this year, and. It really, you know, it really set up a, you know, I mean, I was, I thought the Bears could, I don't think they're going to play, but I thought they'd get eight wins maybe. But um, it looks like they're heading back towards number one pick territory again, which is not great at all. And, you know, playing a resurgent Chiefs team uh, who, they found some sort of rhythm offensively in the second half against the Jags. Um, the, you know, the, the Chiefs, they haven't started well, but, you know, this is their, this is the perfect scenario for a get right game, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent is. They must be, they must be in training this week, looking at the lineups and thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got a chance here, we got a chance. The over is huge. At twelve and a half, it's over. If I was a betting man, I think I'd take him. I think I really <laughs> would. <laughs> it's, it's just getting ugly for the Bears. And look, after three and fourteen last year, we thought that they were gonna somehow turn that into eight wins and somehow make that step up. Just hasn't happened. And it's a shame because Bears fans are among some of the best in the league. They're just not seeing good football at the moment for the last two years. And they'll be back. But for now, I think Chiefs win. And I think I would take the over on 12 and a half as well. Yeah. I mean, yes, the Chiefs have scored one TD last week, right? And who was it to? Travis Kelsey. <laughs> You're just a standard, isn't it? <laughs> Mahomes, I said it in the podcast on, on Monday. Mahomes, Kelsey, end zone, you know, third down standard. It happens. But you know there there have been mistakes in there, and I think ultimately I think they could they probably be able to coach them out eventually. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see them start to get a groove. The O line, which is my concern for the Chiefs going into the season, it's looked really good. They they re they've got two new tackles. They've revamped the O line, and it's looking better than they did last year, which is really good. And that may be the most important thing for this Chiefs this Chiefs offense. They also go from playing playing against one of the best defenses this season in the Jags to one of the worst in the Bears. So it's, yeah, like I said it's a great opportunity for a get right game. The, the the Chiefs defense as well, which is which is I think we'll have a, an outstanding game this week. They've been really good this year. You know, like, you know, Chris Jones came in last week after his restructured restructured contract. He looked he made it like even better. He was he was dominant last week coming coming in. Um, so and, and while the offense and that the issues for the Chiefs have been that their their offense is struggling in the red zone especially. They were they were second in the red zone last year. They're twenty second this year. Sorry, eighteenth this year, and they were they were they were second or third down last year. They were twenty second this year. So situationally, they've they've. Uh, they have got worse, uh, but it's Mahomes. Just read, you know, another week with Kelsey back in practice as well. I just, I, I, I think, I think the Chiefs are going to be. This is a, this is this is where the season starts really because look, they're still one of the most talented teams in, in football, and and yeah, they might be without Kadarius Tony, but they've got many other receivers who who can step up in that role. You just remember they can actually catch the ball or not this week, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs as well. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't know about the over. It's quite a lot. It is quite a lot. It is a lot. I, I, it is, I don't know if I'm gonna pick lot, that. But um, but you know, I, I can't go. I can't. I can't pick against the Chiefs this week, for sure. Uh, on to Seattle, who hosts Carolina. The Seahawks are six and a half point favorites, and Bryce Young is the second rookie QB to miss this week due to an ankle an ankle injury. Uh, he will be replaced by Andy Dalton. And you might actually get a better offensive product from from the, the Panthers with Andy Dalton at QB because he's a bigger QB. He can see over his offensive line, which is very bad, which is obviously which would be very helpful as well. It's just a bit of veteran experience as well. But I just can't see that being enough for the Panthers to win this game because Seattle looked miles better last week. Gino and the offense moved well throughout. I don't know if that's more the the Lions' defense being really bad or not, but. Um, yeah, and while their defense hasn't really been what's expected, I, I still think they went comfortable comfortably on Sunday. So I'm going to go for the over with Seattle as well. Um, yeah, defense has to be better, doesn't it? But yeah, I just they're too good to play against this Panthers team without Bryce Young. Yeah, as you said, I think Bryce Young missing is the decider in this one. I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan, and on Seahawks Twitter, when the news came out that Dalton will be starting, 
They were going and they were going mental with like guaranteed win. I don't think it's that simple. That's no, because I think they'll be better than they were. Yeah. Would be about Bryce Young. I just I think you're too yeah, talented. Give, give Andy Dalton this credit. He's he can run an offense pretty pretty well. I mean, yeah, as you said, I think it comes down to talent. And if it was if this was week two after um, the Seahawks came off that loss, I think I think there's a lot more question marks. But I think last week they put a lot of question marks to bed. Especially in that overtime drive, which was consecutive play, just going down the field until we found Tyler Lockett in the end zone to win the game. And I think Gino, he's he's, he's looked okay. He, I mean, we paid him, so he's he's got to look okay. But um, as you said, I think Andy Dalton will play well. I think it'll be. I wouldn't take the over. I think it'll be closer than first thought. But I think I think the Seahawks take this one, and I think it's just another one ones where if you're going to contend with. San Francisco, I'm not saying they can, but I'm saying if they look to contend with San Francisco, these are the ones you have to win. You have to win. For sure. On to the final game in the 9 o'clock slate before Sunday Night Football. It is the Cowboys travelling to Arizona, where the Cowboys are 12.5 point favourites. <laughs> and it's one of the most talented teams in football versus one of the worst. But surprisingly, it's two of the league's top defences who will face off in Arizona this week with both the Cowboys and the Cardinals at the top of the team sack rankings. Um, one thing I think is safe to say is that Arizona won't go winless. From what they've shown us the last couple of weeks, they won't go winless at all. They play, they play with the playing of heart and play with a fight. And you know they, they were so close to win both weeks. And it will come, but not this week. Uh, the Cowboys' offence is their first true test that it will show as it will versus the Arizona offense too, because their defense is the best unit of football for a reason. And even without Trevon Diggs, who is out for the season, unfortunately, I don't think he'll be as big of a miss as people think, because you've got to remember he, he's not great in coverage, and yet you might need some turnovers, but the, defense, the rest of the defense is so good. When you've got Micah Parsons, who might be one of the best players in the entirety of football, and on the defensive side mm-hmm. of the football, um, yeah, I, I I can't pick against Dallas here, and I might even go for the over to be honest with you, half because yeah, they they they're really really good. Um, and yeah, well, Dak and the offense isn't great. You know, we it's just not you know Dak Prescott's played okay this season, but he's you know he's quite good against the Jets. But the first week he didn't do anything against the Giants; they just sort of did it for him. Um, yeah, well, the offense isn't great. You've still got a great run game. You know, you got other guys other than Tony Pollard contributing as well you've got Rico Dowdle Deuce Ford etc um, as well in there and the receivers are great too and, and the, the O-line's good as well even when you've had some injuries this year too uh, the, the Cowboys are really good they're one of the contenders for the Super Bowl I, I don't know if you know I think they might come unstuck in the playoffs but they certainly won't come unstuck in this game so yeah I'm going for the for the Cowboys and the, the over 12 and a half points Dallas coming unstuck in the playoffs. Never heard of that before. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think Arizona's been a shock for me. I was expecting them to be terrible. Even Josh Dobbs doesn't look too bad at that starting mm. role against the Giants' first half. He looked to be pretty good. But this Arizona defense is good. This Dallas defense is unreal. I mean, yes, you said Diggs is a big miss. He's a turnover machine. He he will get you the ball back uh, five times a season against play. And but he will be a bit missed. But you look at that defense, and it is gen- it's genuinely stacked. And I just I look at I think Michael Parsons is the second best defensive player in football right now. I'll get on to who I think is the best of this later. But um, <laughs> I think yeah, I think Arizona offense struggles to get going here. And I think I'm not sure if I'd t- I, I would t- I'd take the over. I'd take I was I'll think about it. I'd take the over. I think this is pretty simple for Dallas. It would be a very Dallas thing to do to make a meal out of it. But I think they will go away with a win. And I think if you if you're um if you're Dak Prescott here and you're against this not bad Arizona defense, I think this is one of those games where you look, you know Trey Lance is there, sort of breathing down your neck. I think this is one of the games you look at and think, this is where I show that I am deserving of the QB one spot. And I think I don't know if he does that necessarily, but I think Dallas do win this game. And I think it'll be fun to see how Dak plays, especially against this sort of uncertain Arizona defence. We know they're good. We don't really know how good. Yeah, for sure. On to Sunday night football. It's the Steelers travelling to Vegas. The Raiders are two and a half point favourites. And it's not that appealing of a primetime game because, you know, I find the two Monday games are way more appetising. But I'm just excited to learn more about what these teams are, to be honest with you. The, the Raiders are pretty good at Denver, but they got dismantled by Buffalo in the second half last week. 
And now they host Pittsburgh in their home opener. They're two and a half point favourites, like I said. And look, Pittsburgh, just they've been one of the worst teams in the league offensively this year. But their defence has kept them in games. It won them the game in Cleveland last week. Sorry, against Cleveland last week. And my TG Watt, sorry, TJ, TJ Watt, defensive player of the year prediction, is looking great. I really, he's been so good. He's had four sacks, three I'm tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and he recovered another fumble for a touchdown in Cleveland last week. And I said, like I said, the defense won the game Monday night. They had two, they scored two of the three touchdowns. Obviously, the other one was a uh, Alex Highsmith touchdown, uh, and that's without Cam Hayward on defense as well, the middle of their defensive line too. Um, the offense, on the other hand, has struggled because the offensive line, especially, which they spent money on, they brought in Isaac Sumano from Philadelphia. But um, it's it's not been great for a second year QB to to have in front of him. There was a lot of hype, obviously, with the offense heading into this year. A strong preseason and into last year as well. Obviously, with Pickett uh, turning around, they they won that loads of games down the stretch. But if anything, it's actually got worse. I think um, there there were shouts in the stands on, on Monday nights, you know, to fire the offensive coordinator Matt Canada from the crowd again, which they were a lot. They have been before as well. Um, and obviously, look, at receiver, Deontay Johnson getting hurt in the season opener wasn't great because that's your number two receiver, probably your number one receiver as well. Him and Pickens mm. are both quite good. And when you without him as well, then obviously they're going to have all their attention on George Pickens and it, it's not great for Kenny Pickett, who hasn't looked great at all this year. Uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the Steelers first before going to the Raiders? I mean, the Steelers, I think we know we know their defence. Uh, TJ Watt is an outrageous football player mm. and I think every team in the country would take him. And I, I agree, I have my notes stand out as an early defensive player of the year candidate, 100%. George Pickens looked very good last game. It, that 71-yard yeah, catch and run fun. touchdown was good. It's no secret the problems with this Steelers offence. And the Kenny Pickett has a 19.9 QPR. <laughs> what on earth? It's... <laughs> Matt Canada being in the OC position, he's in his seat is so hot. Uh, like he, he he needs to turn this around. And Deontay Johnson being on IR does not help the situation at all. You're you're looking at it and you're thinking, if I was Matt Canada as the OC of Steelers, I'd I'd with Deontay Johnson being on IR, I'd pivot the defense uh, offense more towards George Pickens because we've seen flashes that he can make some big plays. We've seen flashes where he, even in double coverage or like awkward catches. He makes some plays, and I think it's the offense that are letting him down here. They have the thirty-second ranked cube at quarterback at the helm. It's not yeah. good, but I think it, this game comes down to how Josh McDaniels' game plans against Menker and TJ. <laughs> that is completely. If he can somehow, I don't know how. I don't think anyone knows how, but if he can somehow quieten them both down, I think they could could potentially contend because the Pittsburgh run game has been. Not good as well. They've got 96 yards so far this season rushing. I don't know if that's Najee Harris or the offensive line, or maybe even both. But it's just, it's not clicked for the Steelers, but defense wins games. And my God, is their defense good? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the the, the Steelers haven't really made anything with the run game. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of talk about Jalen Warren coming in, sort of maybe even challenging Najee Harris for the, you know, the, the, the bulk of the carries because they, you know, they've got a real like, one two punch there, but that's not really happening. They've not. <laughs> I don't really find any success in the ball, uh, running the ball at all, really. Um, the Raiders haven't either, though, because Josh Jacobs doesn't look great. They're, they're a strong week one, you know, uh, from a team, especially in offense. Offense, the line was good once more. Jacoby Myers stepped up when Josh Jacobs couldn't get going, um, but he missed last week with a concussion. And there, Devontae Adams was probably the only player that showed quality against the Bills, which is saying something about his team. Defense isn't great. It's still one of the worst in football. I'd say more, say more. Been saying about all, saying so many times for so many years about the Raiders. Uh, it's just, just bad. Um, Jimmy looked solid last week. Um, actually, and obviously the week before more so. Um, like his average depth of target is higher as well. Um, which is good as well because he's pushing the ball downfield, which Jimmy doesn't normally do. Um, he's obviously familiar with the system. Obviously, having been in New England when McDaniel's was the play caller in New England. Um. But yeah, when when Buffalo put on the pressure last week is when he showed his flaws, um, in in the second half for sure. Yeah, like I said, Josh Jacobs, he he's been terrible running the football. He had nine carries and minus two yards last week. He didn't couldn't really get going against Denver either. Um, but he did get involved in the passing game. He had five grabs of fifty one yards, which saved me in fantasy last week, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah, he got he got I mean yeah that five receptions and fifty one yards got me like ten ten points. So that was great. Um. The yeah, he, he was rushing leader last year. 
they have to get him going this week to have a chance against his defense, right? Because I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can unpick it. No, completely. I completely agree with everything. It's just, yeah, that Josh Jacobs nine rushing for minus two. Yeah, I don't know what's happened there. Look, this this Raiders team, it's not all bad. It's, their defense is very bad, but it's not all bad. I think Jacoby Myers' reports are coming that he will play. So that's a big plus for them. Yes, but on concussion. We- you say we always know that Devontae Adams will turn up. It's just getting the ball in his hands is the issue. I think Jimmy G, as you said, he's been impressive. I think I think they're looking at that situation of both Saints and Raiders have had new quarterbacks and they're feeling positive about it. So I think that offseason little thing has worked out well. But look, you're just you're looking at a good defense against a bad offense and a bad offense against a good defense. And this it's kind of it's a weird it's a weird matchup, but I think I think it comes down to who has more overall talent. And I think it is the Steelers that do have more overall talent. I think they take this pretty comfortably to go to them. Same. It's uh, the Raiders are favourites of two and a half, but I don't know why. I still, I still, look, Mike Tomlin against Josh McDaniels. I don't know who I'm picking as a coach (laughs) in that situation. So yeah, we're going for the underdogs. We're going for the Steelers. I'm going over two and a half points as well. I'm going completely against the spread here. And uh, and yeah, I think I, 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 I just, I, 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 I've put so much stock into my Steelers take this year. I'm just hoping it comes true because at about 11 and 6, I had Tomlin coach of the year. I had TJ Watt defensive player of the year, which is admittedly is quite good. But yeah, my two biggest disappointments this year have been the, the Steelers and Texans for sure. Uh, but that's it. That's week three previewed, mate. Thank you for coming on again. It's been great to have you on. It's a really good podcast actually as well. So it's uh, awesome to have you on. And obviously we'll have you on throughout the season as well, mate. It's been, it's been awesome to have you on. Yeah, so thank cheers, you. mate. It's- Good to be on. I've had a ball. Thank you. Well, I will see you in a minute. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we will see you on Monday night. Uh, it might come into your feed by Tuesday morning by the time you watch all the games and everything. But yeah, we'll see you on Monday night. Where we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to the Monday night football games, but we'll also uh, break down every single game from week three. I've been your host, Sam. He's been Owen Cordell. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>